podcast, I'm just going to be talking to people to hear about how they answered the question, what's next? And I thought it was fitting that my number one very first guest is my mama, Christy Smoker. So say hi to everybody, Christy Smoker. (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) Hi, mama. And thank you for agreeing to being my guinea pig today. It's not the first time. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So I picked my mom because she has always set an example of not really being afraid to try something new. So I'm going to set the stage to talk about the big something new that you started 15 years ago. Um, Setting the stage with another entrepreneurial thing that you did, which is starting your own HR consulting firm, but that's for another day. So talk about what you dumped on us 15 years ago and where it's come so far. Well, um, it was sort of a, a leap of kind of a faith that we could do it and that we could manage it. Uh, so, um, Brian and I had pretty much acreage here and we decided we wanted to use it. We didn't want to move, so we decided we would use it for some good purpose. Uh, So we decided uh, that after we saw our very first one of these, that this is what we wanted to do because we knew we didn't have to um, raise them for meat or uh, do anything. We thought they were small enough to be able to manage and handle. And uh, honestly, we didn't really know that much about them, to be honest. We just decided to jump right in Mm -hmm. and start an alpaca farm. Alpaca farm. So I can remember back when you made the announcement. um, And like I said, it was 15 (laughs) years ago. And I can remember sitting in a restaurant, my husband and I and you, I think it was just the three of us in Lancaster. I think it was Market Fair. was probably afraid to go. He probably was afraid to go. And I remember you telling us that you're going to start an alpaca farm. And I remember the look on Alfonso's face like, wait, what? what is an alpaca? (laughs) So, and now I feel like everybody knows what it is. It's much trendier and things like that, but talk about why alpacas? (laughs) Well, I think the, the main reason was we wanted to do something that, you know, as we got a little bit older, it was something that would keep us active, uh, be something that we would be able to learn and develop and grow in and, um, a new adventure. So we met all kinds of new people. Uh, We loved the nature of the alpacas themselves. Uh, The folks that we met in the industry seemed like really good people that really wanted to Mm -hmm. help you to raise animals that are healthy and happy in the environment that you create for them. And uh, so uh, it seemed to fit us. And even to this day, uh, as our herd ebbs and flows to from big numbers back down to smaller numbers where it is now, uh, we enjoy each and every one of them. They're, um, <laughs> they're just lots of fun, and, and it has kept us active now that we're older, of course. Uh, it keeps us up, and we get up to see them at least twice a day, if not more, and uh, it's a hike up to the barn. It's nice, a nice big hill, so it keeps us busy. Uh, it keeps us wanting to keep our property uh, in ship ship shape because we get a lot of visitors coming to see them because, as you said, honey, it's 
Candace, as you said, <laughs> as you okay. said uh, it is kind of trendy. People love yeah. to come visit them and we have lots of activities. So I think what we've liked the most is the industry, volunteering in the industry, helping other people be successful at it, uh, creating um, other farms for people to learn and live and grow in as we have. So. Well, I know I've liked watching over the past 15 years because I remember going to visit them with you when you were first picking out your first ones and you kind of had a farm that was, I would say like your mentor. And I remember you, you, you could call them for things and you just immersed yourself into the whole thing, right? Learning everything. And a lot of that came from being mentored. And I loved watching that because now I feel like you are the one that people call (laughs) when they have questions. You've been here many times when I I get calls from panicked owners Yeah, uh, that this is occurring. They send me videos of what's happening right now with the animal. And, uh, and then we kind of diagnose what the, the owner can do to help the, the alpaca through the issue. If in fact it really is an issue, sometimes it's not anything that really, um, is harmful to the animal, but it sets their mind at ease. Uh, we've done a lot of uh, volunteering in the industry on board of directors, and uh, we teach a lot of seminars to people. Uh, Brian does a lot of finance for, mm-hmm. for new farmers uh, seminars. He's pretty famous for that in the industry. And we've traveled all over the U.S. to meet people and attend seminars and give seminars and uh, which is kind of my background anyway, and I really love to do that. Um, so it's kind of an extension of, which I never thought there would be a, an overlap between what I did in my, um, my previous um, career, that there would be an overlap with this farming, but there certainly has been, and it's been fun to share it. Yeah, and I think that that's a different part of farming that you guys have embraced versus your person that just, you know, that has a farm and just works the farm and sticks to themselves. I mean, you guys have really embraced the whole community of it, which I think has been fun to watch, you know? So I'm going to ask the question that everybody always asks me when I say my mother is an alpaca farmer. So what do you do with them? (laughs) (laughs) well you know that um you know and um they have really a wonderfully warm fleece uh that is their major product here in the u.s uh and actually all over the world uh so uh we shear our animals every year or have them shorn by a somebody that knows what they're doing (laughs) more than we do. Uh, So once we have the animals shorn every year, uh, we send it out to have it processed at a commercial mill and uh, they make yarn. And then um, we uh, sell that yarn. Sometimes I dye it. Sometimes we knit things directly from it. Uh, But we do sell it at a yarn shop that uh, your sister and I share. (laughs) So uh, it started as a alpaca product store, and now it has morphed into a a much larger venture with um, your sister, Cindy, who's an incredible knitter, and she really knows uh, her stuff when it comes to yarn and uh, alpaca yarn particularly. Um, So that's been another unexpected and fun 
fun jaunt was uh, to start that little business with her. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful little shop. If I have to say so it's, it's, you know, you guys have really done a nice job with that. I, I, I like the shop and the yarns and the, and the beautiful things that are created. So, um, and people always ask too, like, I imagine you don't, you don't make tons of money from the yarn because that's only like a once a year kind of thing. So, um, this is probably a question for Brian more than you, but I'm sure you know the answer also. So where <laughs> where is it that you make money in alpaca farming? Well, because we have, um, we make money on the yarn for sure. Yeah, uh, We have high quality alpacas um, and we maintain their health so well that they keep that really good fleece for years to come. Uh, and we're pretty much known in the industry for having high quality and friendly and well-trained animals. So uh, we make money in breeding alpacas. Uh, we have some nationally um, known and uh, show winners in the national circuit uh, of males. So we sell breedings to other farms. Uh, we sell alpacas themselves. In fact, we just had some guests here this weekend that uh, purchased four females and two males from us. Uh, and that's a big sale. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, you know, and this particular person uh, has had alpacas before. So the, the mentoring will be minimal because uh, he kind of knows what he's doing. Uh, but typically if we sell that many alpacas, it's to a new farmer and there's a lot of mentoring that goes in involved with making sure that they have as healthy uh, and safe environment for the, their new little herd as we have here. So we might go to their farm and um, look at their infrastructure and help them make decisions about fencing and about uh, the home and the habitat for the animals themselves, as well as we'll look at their pasture and make sure that it's um amenable, that there's nothing toxic there that would hurt any animal, including the alpaca. So, um, you know, we're very careful and we do a lot of due diligence before we sell any animals because they're all near and dear to our heart. Mm -hmm. But we want to make sure that whoever's getting them is, um, is going to take care of them well. And um, so, you know, the, the income from it is, you know, it's not going to make us rich, but it's, it is, um, certainly satisfactory to have them go to a new home. And uh, we've started a lot of farms around here and sold to places all over the country. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny. I just have to, to say that I love to watch you with them because it always fascinates me because I, I don't see them obviously as often as you do and you know all of their names and and they they all kind of look the same to me other than the varying of color <laughs> so I know that you really take a lot of pride in your animals and and it, it shows because they you know you you love them you would sit up there with them all day if you could <laughs> yeah and it was funny because we have a um, we have Two babies do this oh, this spring. Love the babies, <laughs> I know they're really sweet. And uh, one one of the moms is due any day. And I was just um, 
up there this morning, sitting there for quite a while, just sitting on one of the hay bins and watching her. And she's looking at me like, I'm not ready yet. You know, so, uh, but, but we'll have a couple babies uh, jaunting around the pastures Aww. in a couple weeks, I think. So the babies are cute. Uh, they are cute, you know, and it's a certain amount of stress that comes with that because you want them to be healthy. Yeah. Uh, so it's always a little stressful the day they're born, but usually they, you know, very rarely do you have issues. Uh, but, um, when you do, it's stressful. And even when you don't, it's stressful, you know, yeah. just the first steps of the baby and the first slurps of milk of the baby. Hmm. Um, it's always a little stressful, but yeah. that'll be over in a month. We'll have, have healthy little guys oh, jaunting good. around. <laughs> There's so they're babies. The babies are so cute. It's amazing when they come out and they, they hobble around almost instantly. It's it's adorable. I've I've been there to see a baby born. Yes, you have. Yeah, yeah. we named one after a soccer player. Yeah, I think we did. Lionel Messi. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. We just sold Lionel this weekend. By the way, I oh. don't know that. <laughs> I won't mention really that in my house. That. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be sad. Well, I'm going to move on to alpacas because you know you have never been one to have idle hands. So a couple years ago, you said, hey, what's next? I don't think I'm busy enough running an alpaca farm. I think I need to start a hobby. So, oh, no. <laughs> right? <You're> so, right. <laughs> I don't think I said that. Yeah. No, but you probably thought it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so you got into pottery. Talk a little bit about that because not, I mean, you don't do anything half-hearted. So. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I guess I wanted something where I could sit down more. I don't know. So I started taking some pottery classes with a friend of mine uh, just because, you know, I, most of the, the family members that I have are pretty artistic and yeah. I've never really delved into uh, too much, never found anything like painting or whatever that was my thing. But pottery always intrigued me. And I don't know if you even know this, Candace, hmm. but when my sister Randy and I would go up to our place in the mountains when we were little kids, uh, we would go down to the creek bed and dig up clay. And uh, we would uh, make little cafe spoons and bowls hmm. and plates and so maybe that was the beginning of it. I don't know. I was probably about <laughs> 10 at the time. But anyway, um, I just really enjoyed um, making pottery. And uh, start Brian was kind enough to get me a pottery wheel. <laughs> and uh, so then I started making a couple things that fit into the yarn shop and the alpaca products store. Uh, like little mugs that look like they're made from knitted um, garments. And the yarn bowls. And the yarn bowls mm -hmm. and some of those kinds of things. So, um, you know, my accountant husband was like, yay, go ahead, make some money. <laughs> Not that I'm making much at it, but I do enjoy it very much. Yeah. Um, well, and you just got a kiln too. I did just get a little kiln and that has made it even more fun for me because I can – I don't have to wait for the items like I used to. If I do anything bigger, I still go to the studio and make the bigger item because my kiln's tiny. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't make too many big things. I don't really have a need to. But I do enjoy it. People like to come and, and drink coffee out of the mugs that we make here. And 
Yeah. It's fun. It's just another adventure. Well, and I have mugs and I have bowls and you I have do. a beautiful butter dish. So I oh, love. Oh, fun. That's right. You do. I, I love do. your butter dish. I love my and butter you, dish too. You have a yarn bowl that you don't use much. I do because I don't knit. I try. But. <laughs> you can. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy it. I don't, it doesn't frustrate me even if it's a a pot I'm not happy with. And I always figure I learned something from it. Um, and so um, for me, it's an opportunity to try new and different and creative things all the time. Because especially with COVID, Candice, yeah. uh, there's so many uh, videos. You know, we used to wait for, for seminars to come to the local pottery studio that I would attend. Uh, and that would be every, you know, three, six months. But now I can go and, and join in online classes and, um, and learn new techniques all the time. It's tons of fun. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that that's always fascinated me because you started the alpacas and you just immersed yourself in learning so much. Like you give injections and you help them birth, the, you know, birth their babies and, you know, all of this, you know, soil pH and everything. <laughs> and then it came to pottery and you just immerse yourself with learning new techniques and watching videos and, and just making things better. And I think that that's, that's just an inspiring thing because you're just always Aww. wanting to learn and grow and improve the things that you're doing and not just happy to sit around and twiddle your thumbs ever. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, how much fun is that? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I do like to do, do new and different things. I I find beauty in that. Yeah. Um, even uh, I'm sitting here in my kitchen looking out my window as things are popping out there and, and there's all kinds of new green things and um, we didn't even talk about gardening. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's another, another one passion. too. Yeah. 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 And I, I think I'm really very much of an amateur there, but I do enjoy learning about the different plants. I mm -hmm. love taking my daughters on perimeter walks. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, and the only reason you will go is because I'll give you a glass of wine. Yeah. We walk around the perimeter of her property and drink our wine. And she points out all of the plants to me yeah. who I am not a green thumb, but, <laughs> but it's still very pretty. Yeah, and Mother's Day is coming up. It's when it I is. always planted your pots. We did always plant my pots. I live too far away for you to come help me on Mother's Day. I know, Day, but... I know, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I just, I find it difficult when I don't have much to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I am I can sit and drink my coffee in the morning with the best of them. Uh, but once I'm, once I'm moving, I'm pretty much going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, I feel like when I think back generation, like your parents, they were not idle sitters. They were always looking for another thing. And I think, you know, with them and with you, and I think that's, you know, one of those things that gave me the courage at 50 years old to start a new business and a podcast and a blog and all of the things that I'm trying to do now too, you know, just all of it together. So well, thank you for that. Yeah. If I was of any help in that inspiration, then I feel very happy to have done that because it really seems to have helped you blossom and, and build your confidence. And I always knew it was in there for you <laughs> and your sister. You're both very, uh, very much, you're 
more risk takers than I thought you were. And I'm proud of you both. Thank you, mama. You're not allowed to make me cry on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So yeah, I guess we'll close it out with that mom. Thanks so much for being a guinea pig for me this, this afternoon. And, um, Yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for including me. I really had a good time chatting with you about it. Uh, So thanks and good luck, kiddo. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Grow Forth Podcast, where my guests share their experiences about navigating life's transitions and forks in the road. To learn more about how I support individuals experiencing change and transition, you can visit my website at www.candicesuarez.com. I can help you to cast a vision and create a plan to grow into what's next.